I think I got to fess up. I do have to fess up. I have a horrible, horrible addiction. I'm not alone, apparently. The addiction is with this thing right over here. It's called my iPhone, my mobile device. Yeah, I, you know, I got to be honest with you. And I thought about this yesterday because I avoid posting things on November the 11th out of respect. And I don't post anything on Christmas Day for numerous reasons. One, in the particular case of Remembrance Day, I do like to reflect. The best way to do that is to get rid of distractions like my phone. I want to focus on the meaning of the day. And then, of course, on Christmas, I want to give my family 100% of my attention. So put the phone away. But it is hard. I find it really difficult for me to turn it off even. I can't remember the last time I turned my phone off. You know, and for some people, it's absolutely impossible. So we were talking about this addiction, and there's a new study out. Uh, well, let's get to Dr. Jay Olson, who's the, uh, he's a postdoctoral fellow and the Department of Psychology at the University of Toronto in Mississauga, lead researcher for this study. Dr. Olson, welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh, I'm not alone, apparently, huh? You're not alone. There's a lot of people across the world just like you. Okay, so what are the numbers showing? So the numbers are, are showing that um, uh, there's a huge chunk of, of the population, somewhere close to um, about up to a third of people across the globe, um, based on our, our, our respondents, um, that, that could be considered having this, this kind of problematic use of their phone. So having their phone um, negatively impact their daily life in different ways. Problematic use, I guess, for a lot of people. This study was published on Tuesday. Tell everybody where. It was in the International yeah, so Journal of, uh, of Mental Health and Addiction, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. How many people did you have to talk to to kind of come up with a number? Yeah, so this was uh, probably the largest study of its kind. It was um, 50,000 people across 195 countries and um, subdivisions. And the age group? Uh, 18 to 90. That's a pretty big group. Uh, yeah, I, I guess I, I have to ask, and I'm kind of, a, I hate to say it, I'm in that upper demo of that group, um, mm -hmm. but I'm kind of curious to know if there is a specific age group that, that really has more of a problem than the other one. Yeah, um, it, it seems to be the younger adults uh, uh, by far, and in particular, um, younger women um, seem to struggle the most with this. So how do we kind of get rid of this? Do you have any idea how we can kind of correct things a little bit you've talked to a lot of people yeah one thing that, that we've tested in studies is um, little strategies to make your phone a little bit less accessible or less um, easy to use so things like reducing the number of notifications that you have or keeping your phone outside the bedroom at, at night and keeping it on silent at night and um, even things like turning the phone onto grayscale mode so it's black and white um, makes it a little bit less nice to use, and, um, uh, and these things reduce your screen time and also reduces your problematic smartphone use. I, I like the notifications one because that, you know, I, I have a notification. If I turn my phone on now, it would be uh, ringing every second. It's like a mm -hmm. little, it's like the uh, fasten your safety, safety belt sign on an airplane. It drives everybody in the newsroom absolutely crazy, but I'm, <laughs> trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to get away from that. So would that be a good start for me? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So um, um, we know that often the notifications, there's something that, that kind of automatically pull, pull people to their phone. So yeah. it's, it pops up, it grabs your attention. And then um, next thing you know, you're 
scrolling through social media when you were just trying to reply to a text or something like that. So um, definitely reducing the notifications as, as much as possible is, is probably one of the simplest ways to uh, reduce your phone use. Now, obviously, do you think people are in high risk when, you know, you're always basically beholden to everything that comes across your smartphone? Yeah, that's not a challenge, right? Because um, yeah. um, um, smartphones have really spread across the world and they're super useful for many different ways and they have a lot of positive benefits to them. And so it's the same positive benefits that, that, that sometimes turn to habitual use and then sometimes turn to um, having these other negative consequences across your life. Now, the other thing about this study that was interesting to me, there's certain pockets of the, of the planet where it's a little more of a problem than others. How do we rate in Canada compared to some of these other places? Um, um, so Canada, we were very moderate, um, uh, right back in the middle, basically. So um, around Southeast Asia had the highest, um, Europe had the lowest, and uh, uh, we were right in the middle. Now, why, why are we in the middle? Like, how, how uh, south of us in the U.S., is it a little more of a problem than up here? Um, it's slightly more problematic here in Canada than it is in the States, but just by about something like half a point, so maybe not much of a meaningful difference between the two. Well, I, I'm happy to know that I'm kind of in a category where everybody recognizes they have an issue, but where do we go with a survey and a study like this now? Do we, uh, how do we attack anything? What do we do? Yeah, so what we were hoping for this study is that now that we have kind of the global context, um, uh, now that we kind of have the snapshot, it's perhaps policymakers uh, at, uh, at the countries where um, they've got the higher problematic smartphone use, if, if they're thinking about uh, uh, developing interventions, they can see um, which age groups, which genders um, uh, have had the most problem in, in their countries. And um, maybe this is something that would kind of motivate them to um, um, think about uh, taking action so that you can have sort of um, top-down policy interventions combined with these sort of bottom-up, easy-to-do things like uh, reducing notifications. Jay, now that I've recognized that I have a problem, is it going to be easier or harder for me to try to fix this? Um, it should be easier to uh, um, solve once you know, because identifying that it's having these kind of uh, negative effects is, is the first step to solving it. So. And then the other thing, too, for me is I've tried to stop at night because I don't want my mm -hmm. brain any more active than it already is. And that's exactly that's, that's a smart way of going, right? Like TV or anything, right? Yeah, that's something that, that we see quite a bit. People report that their that their smartphone interferes with their sleep quality, and uh, I, and for lots of people, the last thing that they do before they fall asleep is, is check their phone. And so, trying to um, not use your phone for um, even say half an hour before bed is some kind of positive benefits. I'm kind of amazed to do this study. You had to, you had to reach out to fifty thousand people. How tough was that? Um, that was actually the um, 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 simple part, surprisingly. Okay. Um, so there was a, a gigantic study that we were running, 600,000 people on a different topic. Wow. And then so after they completed that one, we uh, um, funneled them to the smartphone one. So um, um, that's how we got this, this massive sample. Did you reach out via iPhone or was it done a different way? Yeah, so this, uh, um, um, this one kind of spread through the news. Uh, um, okay. um, so people would hear about it uh, on social media or on a, a news site. So um, uh, they came to us rather than having us to reach out to them, which um, made it much simpler to get a gigantic sample like this. So if somebody's really curious and they want to find out more, how could they track down your study? Sure. So uh, we have a website called healthyscreens.com. 
And um, people can complete this uh, smartphone addiction scale that we test on, on 50,000 people. Ah. And, uh, and they can kind of see where they score relative to the rest of the world. Well, I, I feel a little more upbeat now that I know that there might be hope for me. And I appreciate your time today. And thanks for joining us on the show. Thank you. All right. There you go, Dr. Jay Olson. Postdoctoral fellow, the Department of Psychology, University of Toronto, Mississauga. He's the lead researcher for this study. Yeah, it's, uh, I just wish, it, I'm talking to people on the other side of the glass in the control room. Both of them are on their iPhones. I have my iPhone right over here. I, I'm, I'm guessing I'm not alone. I'm not alone in this department, but at least there's hope. I, I will say one thing, though. I, I do notice a big difference, the fact that I don't go near my phone later in the evening I think I'm sleeping better. It's the same thing with reading. Some people have to read to fall asleep. Oh, you know what? I, I, I just realized that I'm lying. There's an app on my phone. It's, uh, it's called Calm, and I love the cricket noises. That puts me to sleep every night. So I guess I'm still addicted to my iPhone. I thought I was shaking it. Apparently, I'm not.